right here, this is the best connection we have. Like I don't, I have never felt so in love with someone, but not romantically, not in the way that I was told I was supposed to feel. And like it's just, but this feels so empowering, so safe. When I'm with Renee, like, and we talk about our futures, it feels like it's infinite. I've got a beef with Bridgerton. While it is full of fantasy and drenched in vibrant colors, beautiful imagery, and steamy sex scenes, the whole premise is centered around the social season. Essentially, it's trying to make all the single gals worthy enough for some man of a certain status to choose them to be wed. My skin starts to recoil when I think about how a modern show like this is still deeply entrenched in an antiquated societal norms like waiting to be picked, youthful enough, pretty enough, because nobody wants to die alone. But what if all of those ideas are complete bullshit? April Lex Lee has been documenting her platonic life partnership with Renee on TikTok, and boy, did it go viral and has sent a ripple in society of redefining relationship statuses. April and Renee aren't lovers. Best friends doesn't seem like the right term. They date other people, but they have committed to a life with each other as their primary partners. And turns out this is a big shift in the culture to be inclusive of platonic life partners or PLPs as a choice equal to more cultural norms like husband and wife. More and more stories are emerging of single moms finding a deep connection with another single mom and they want to raise their kids together. If you want to learn more on these cultural changes, please go to allisonhair.com and sign up for my weekly emails. In the meantime, here is my chat with April Lex Lee. Tell me about platonic life partners. Okay. I mean, I mean, I think to begin, it's good to define it. And this is like what me and Renee have like explored different definitions, but this is what's true for us. It's, it's kind of like a best friendship um, with extra commitment, like that of a marriage almost. So you're best friends and, and that connection remains best friends. It's platonic. However, you have that added layer of long-term commitment in terms of financials, if you were to start a family, it would be together instead of with a romantic partner. We, you know, split like everything, like from like chores to co-parenting our cat to um, paying for things. And yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of just devoting your, um, I wouldn't say devoting your life to one person, but like it's, it's similar in terms of a marriage, except that it, you just don't have the romantic or sexual um, like aspect to it. Yeah. I think what's interesting is that in a lot of the articles that I've read that you put, you, I think you put the actual language is you don't have the burden of an orgasm in your relationship. (laughs) Am I right about this? Um, Oh my gosh. That has been misquoted so many times. It makes it sound like I hate orgasms, which is not true. (laughs) I think my, I was trying to be sassy in the article by saying that like, you know, when, um, like a platonic life partnership takes just as much work like as like a romantic relationship, you know, like it takes so much communication and time and compromise. Um, but the only difference is that we don't have the added burden of 
having to make each other orgasm and still maintain this romantic spark while you're doing such mundane, tedious, like everyday life stuff together. So there's not, there's no need for maintaining the fragility of romance. Yeah. And here's what I love about your story, about yours and Renee's story. So you guys met in Singapore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you've known each other since how, what, how old? 14? Since we were 12. Yeah. 12 years old. And now you're yeah. in your mid twenties. Yes. It's <clears throat> crazy. I just turned 25. I've known her half Happy my birthday. life, like more than half my life. Thank you. I think what's so cool about this concept is that I've been seeing it more and more mm-hmm. is that you remember the game old maid i don't you know, know. there's there is a card game called old maid oh i think i'm yeah. yeah and that term old maid had had been you know for eons for centuries you don't want to be an old maid then you look at bridgerton where like the whole <laughs> show is dedicated to finding a suitor to being right. worthy enough to find a male suitor somebody of the opposite yeah. sex and now, and you're saying, fuck all that. Yeah. I want, <laughs> oh my God. You know, like, why does oh. it have to be that way? <laughs> right. Like, since you brought up Bridgerton, can I just like bitch about it for a second? Because like, it's so highly addictive, but at the same time, so unrelatable as like who I am watching this girl cry over how her husband won't impregnate her. And I'm just <laughs> like, that's your, that's your problem. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's kind of archaic right I think to to still be thinking that that's all a woman should want yeah yeah but I think I think that's what our culture our society has been Mm -hmm. has been you know kind of striving for Mm -hmm. and so and you're breaking all that down where you know like I, I all of a sudden I start to see you know, in the news about two single moms that yeah. decided to raise their kids together. Beautiful. You Beautiful. know, yeah. I, like, I, I think uh, that that concept of old maid, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I'm married. I have kids. You know, I uh, have always wanted that, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm grateful to have it. But there were so many years, like I was single till I was 30. Uh, I met my husband at 34. You know, and I remember being so concerned that I was going to die alone and going to be alone. And so I remember when I was 34, I had met my husband and I decided on my birthday, I'm going to have a kid on my own. I'm just going to have a kid on my own. I'm going to take this year and I'm going to, I'm going to really think about it. I'm going to really think about it. And I ended up meeting my husband, but it was, it was this feeling, this weight of, I don't know if I can do this alone. Yeah. And I love that you are in a position where it flips all of it on its head that you don't have to be alone and right. you could have unbelievable joy yeah. with your friend. Yeah. And and a secure partnership that and and I say secure in the sense of like maybe this is the way that I've experienced romantic love but it is fragile. It is fragile. So many things can change your feelings about this person but then you're stuck in this commitment that you made and statistically I think something like I want to say like 50% of like marriages end in divorce and like um, the average like lifespan of a marriage in the U.S. is like five years or something like that like you know it's I don't know my friends have always been around Renee has always been in my life you know through countless romantic partners and never being able to even 
um, get to a point where I felt like I could trust them with the rest of my life, with a bank account, with being on a lease together, like that never felt safe to me. Um, but when I imagined this kind of commitment and this future with Renee, it just all felt so natural and so comfortable and so safe. So can I, can I stick on the safe thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you have a traditional upbringing? No. So this is probably where it comes into play as well. Um, no, I have a really interesting family background, actually. So my parents were divorced, um, like too early for me to remember anything else than having divorced parents. Um, and my dad was, you know, not really in the picture, kind of in, out sometimes. He, they, they married young. She, my mom had me when she was 24. My dad was 25. That's my age now. So I can only imagine mm. that they had no idea what the fuck they were doing, <laughs> right? right? Like you're picking your life partner in your early 20s and just like, uh, and it's based off of romantic love. I think you don't even know who you are at that point, really. You don't know what, like, you want to do with the rest of your life. How can you commit that to somebody? And I don't know. So anyways, they, their marriage didn't work out. Um, my mom was a single mom doing most of, like, the raising by herself for my early years and, you know, having to go from no job and no career uh, to, like, being a stay-at-home mom into, like, working two jobs and then subsequently putting herself through night school in order to get, like a better job. And, um, and she just realized at some point that she needed help. And what she did was, and this is a really cool realization that I had after this PLP stuff started, but, um, she reached out to her best friend, um, my godpa and asked him to raise me with her and they are platonic. Yeah. They're completely platonic. Um, they've never been romantically involved or will be. Um, but they, they co-parented me yeah as best friends and and it was it was great like it was it you know it gave me such a better life than if my mom was just struggling or waiting to remarry you know I got so many more opportunities I my my family doubled now and like yeah and it's and it's such a weird thing that I didn't even put that together until after um the first few articles started coming out and I was just like wait a second Mom, like Papa, you are both the OG PLPs. Did you guys know that? <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, it was funny because I realized that I never put that together because looking at them, you know, being raised in that unconventional um, kind of way in a country that is very conservative and conventional, yeah. um, I saw this as a complicated thing. Like I was like, this is not. Uh, the ideal option. This is a complicated, the result of a failed romantic relationship, not a first choice. Mm. And so I never, ever wanted that. Maybe I was even a little bit ashamed of it. Um, and and no, and I, it's only this year or last year that I realized that, no, they they did what they could and it honestly was the best option for both of them and and for me. I think it's interesting that you chose the word safe mm-hmm. and, you know, your mom working two jobs in, in a marriage that failed. Mm. And then uh, now I can see where the seeds were planted for yeah. you to do something that kind of seems radical, mm. you know, to publicly come out, it, you know, uh, in that way. And so you started documenting with Renee on TikTok your platonic life partnership. Can you explain a little more about how it came to be? 
Yeah. Oh, uh, our commitment or how the content creation started. Okay, the commitment okay. and then the content. Got it. Got it. All right. So, man, the commitment was just a slow burn. I mean, like we've been best friends for like, you know, at that point, like over a decade. And then um, I it really all started in the New Year's of 2020, like 2019 going on to 2020. I visited Singapore again, you know, after like what something like four years of being in L.A. And um, I had a lot of resentment to heal with Singapore. And so like on New Year's, me and Renee decided to just walk the entire city. And we did that. We walked through the entire city amongst all the crazy drunk people um, for seven hours, just talking and bonding and falling back in love with our friendship and the city. And like, you know, started and it was the first time that we had both been single at the same time because we both had like long term um, boyfriends at the time. And we were freshly single and we realized how much space our romantic relationships took up in our lives and how much space we were making for it in our futures, but it didn't work out. And then we realized like me and you right here, this is the best connection we have. Like I don't, I have never felt so in love with someone, but not romantically, not in the way that I was told I was supposed to feel. And like, it's just, but this feels so empowering so safe when I'm with Renee like and we talk about our futures it feels like it's infinite and and, like we keep saying that it's so cheesy but it's really just because like we feel so energized and empowered by each other and also like our communication is so strong that we feel like we can overcome any kind of obstacle or disagreement and we have done so you know over like so many years of friendship we've proved to each other that we're committed as well and so we realized like no what if what if I want to be with you, dude? Like, what if I want to be with you? Um, We're in different countries right now. Do you think we can make it happen if, you know, you came to LA? Like, and it started, we started to plan like more um, of our futures together, but we were trying to work around the distance thing. And we were like, no, this, this is not going to work. The first thing that has to happen is you have to come to LA. Um, Cause I'm not done with school and she had just graduated. And so um, we, kind of left that New Year's realizing we wanted to be a much bigger part of each other's lives and futures. And we just didn't have like a formal term for it yet. Um, and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that was, that was rough. That kind of showed us like, okay, if the world was ending right now, who do you really want to be with? And we realized it was with each other. Like we would call each other every day and it was kind of painful to not see each other or even be able to entertain that idea for two years um and yeah and that solidified even more so how much we wanted this that it was an active choice and it wasn't like the relationship you know escalator where when you're dating someone you just there's just like default next steps to go into the longer you date you know their expectations um and with us we we realized that there are no expectations put on friendship you know for like you don't have to move in with your friends, you don't have to do all these things. So when we decided that we wanted that, we knew it was so intentional. Um, we were going against the grain to decide to mm-hmm. do all these things, and so it's even we're even more sure of it. And that's kind of how it started. We just plotted for a year of how to get Renee to LA, and you know, eventually she found a job that had a uh, headquarters in LA, and she told them at the job interview. Um, my goal is to go to LA and they said, okay, work for us for a year and we'll transfer you. And that's what she did. Wow. Yeah. 
I do want to I do want to mention something that you know when you think about a dynamic of a best friend you can fully be yourself. You're not mm-hmm. putting on makeup mm-hmm. to, you know, hope yeah. that they like you and try and please them. You can relax. Yeah. And so, you know, even the concept of just, you know, like being your best self all yeah. the time with your yeah. best friend because those expectations are not on you. Yeah. You know, that's freaking huge. Yeah. You're not trying yeah. to allure her. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, and and the, it makes me feel safe growing old with her because she's she doesn't love me or you know I don't need to keep an attraction alive like she doesn't love me for the way I look and that that's something that is so big in romantic love I think right like attraction and needing to feel that attraction with your partner as even as you've been together for like a long time that's such a pressure I think on a lot of people um, mm-hmm. and that's just gone in a platonic life partnership. You don't need to look any kind of way. So I know, because I've read a lot of articles about this, that you both date, you know, mm-hmm. and you're very clear that the primary life partner is each other, period. Yes. You know, you don't have, I, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you're not looking to get married to a romantic partner or have a traditional uh, background like that. But I'm, I'm wondering, as you guys have navigated dating, mm-hmm. Have people like what is the weirdest <laughs> response that you've gotten? Like how how do people respond where they're like, I, wow. I can't, I cannot fucking understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, in terms of dating, I think the people that we are naturally like attracted to or gravitate to, um, and also we have a lot of queer friends, like and or polyamorous friends. Even you know we're in LA, so a lot of people here. Are, open-minded everybody and anybody exactly yeah. exactly it's it's open-minded people for the most part get it um like the people that at least we're we're trying to date but um I think the most confusion or you know people that that don't quite seem to get it it's it's mostly just um people from home people from Singapore a little bit more conservative um there was a little bit of like a a hump to get over you know talking to our families about it um, and, and then people online on the internet, cause that's obviously a way wider net. But in terms of our personal lives, I think we have, we've done such a good job of like, I don't know, just building relationships with people that are genuinely, um, genuinely loving people and, uh, people, people, you know, where they don't care about, um, they don't care about anything unless like as long as it makes you happy they're 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 accepting of things so we haven't received a lot of judgment like directly personally yeah so i've never ha- had an experience so my initial thought is if i were in a relationship with one of you mm-hmm. you know i would be bummed that i wouldn't be number 1 you know yeah. and maybe that's just mm-hmm. me so i wonder uh, i could never be number 1 mm-hmm, i wonder mm-hmm how that dynamic works in real life of, Mm. you know, yes, you can have loving people or is it just that you hand select people that just get it? Yeah. Or is it something that needs to be changed in my wiring or the culture? Oh, wow. I mean, honestly, that there's no like one answer that fits everything, right? It's not a one size fits all. Um, It's if you are wired to, and I think this maybe goes more so for men. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm not sure how you feel about this, Allison. I mean, you are married, so you tell me. Um, 
I feel more so like men require their life partner to be also a romantic partner, maybe because to be emotionally intimate with someone, they also need to feel like they can be physically intimate with them. Yeah. Um, I think it's wired in men to kind of like always put on that strong front unless it's your lover, your spouse. Um, and that's the safe space. But that puts so much pressure on women. Um, mm-hmm. And I I think from an early age, I just like, I saw my mom, mom put me and herself as number one, not any man. Um, and that served her, you know. And she's that's in, so beautiful, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> Why it's, don't we all do that? <laughs> it's, well, because I, that, that's the question, Allison. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I think I I knew um, pretty early on, like after my first relationship, I kind of knew I am not built to put um, a romantic partner like as number one. I don't necessarily. I'm not built to live with a romantic partner. I I'm also a demisexual, so physical. What is demisexual? So it means that I require an emotional intimacy and an emotional connection to even feel sexual attraction for somebody. Um, mm. And so I honestly, it's on the asexual spectrum. So the thing is, I need specific buttons to be pushed in order to feel like I want to have sex with somebody. And living with a male partner, which I have done, was just a lot of, you know, a lot of pressure to to be the girlfriend in in the role of a girlfriend, right? Like um, someone to for him to come home to and then always be providing that kind of affection and attention and and then like also sleep with them and but also be their best friend and just it was it was too much. I had no space left for myself. Um and obviously this is not the same in every romantic relationship, but it's sure. just, yeah, it's, I feel the same way now. Like I have a committed um, romantic partner who lives in New York and I just visited him for my birthday. It was like the, it was the best time I got to go to sleep and wake up with him. And I do enjoy that, but, but that's a vacation. Um, if that was my every day, I would be exhausted. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think what's so cool about this and about what you're doing is that you're really in touch with what you need and it does not necessarily fall along the lines. And I think a term that you used in that refinery 29 is outdated roadmap. Mm. And I freaking love that. Like Mm. that just jumped out to me. And so, you know, I'm wondering about your journey to do this publicly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think of yourself, you're a writer, you're a filmmaker, you um, have documented with Renee your relationship this PLP relationship on TikTok and it totally went viral and then you wrote about it in Refinery29 and went even more viral yeah you know like as (laughs) as you're defining who you are what you want to what you what do you want to say in the world Mm -hmm. what does that look like wow yeah there's actually a journey I'm on right now um uh so you're the first person I'll tell this to, but we, I'm, I'm actually writing a book on PLP. Um, and it's got a little bit of interest on it, which is extremely exciting, but also so pressurizing because I'm exactly, I feel like I'm in my mid twenties. This just, the virality of our relationship was completely a fluke. Right. And I mean, to talk about that first TikTok that I posted, um, it was, that went viral. It was really just 
me was and that Renee. The one where you and Renee finally yes, connected in the at subway? the airport. It yes. was like it was so joyful. Like I yeah, could feel I myself chills. smiling. Yeah, yeah, oh it my was gosh. beautiful. It was so emotional. It was yes. you know like not being able to see each other for so long, and then not just seeing each other, but realizing that no, she's here. She's moved to the U.S. to L.A. She's going to move in, like, we're going to take her home to my house to meet my cat, and it's going to be our house and our cat, and this is now will be our life. And that was just, yeah, it was the moment, it was so funny that the moment that we met and started our life together was the moment that started uh, the virality on TikTok and then kind of just opened the floodgates. And I think people, like, felt um, that connection in that video, and and then... I captioned it, you know, like normalized platonic life partners. And then there were like so many questions and it, it just could not have predicted <laughs> where this ended up. Yeah. I'm jealous of this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so beautiful. It's so pure. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, you've said the word over and over again in this conversation is I feel safe. Yeah. I feel safe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I imagine you feel seen. Yeah. And so I wonder, wow. you know, what what um, the feedback has been like, good and bad, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure there's some of the feedback where you're like, we have so much work to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, man. Yeah, honestly, it's been such an eye opening journey. I think like hearing questions from people, you know, good or bad, always like, we take it back into our relationship, Renee and I, and we evaluate. Like, we are kind of like, is this true? Give me a real-life example of that. What, okay. are, what are people asking you? I imagine this is helping you write your book. So where, yeah. you know, where are people the most interested? Well, the, I think one of the most common um, comments that we receive is, you know, once one of you falls in love, you're going to leave the other person. And that was something that we didn't necessarily think about at the beginning of our commitment. Um, we were just so excited to be together that we didn't think of, and we were so jaded by dating both of us that we were both like, no, like I could never like, like choose a romantic partner over you. And then once we started getting all of these um, comments, we sat down and we were like, let's, let's talk about it hypothetically in the future. Um, And at this time I, we were both single and we kind of just explored like, okay, I know we don't have a committed romantic partner right now, but say we did, you know, what, what then, you know, would you want to move out and live with your romantic partner? Like, let's discuss it. And so we go deeper in and that's when I realized, no, dude, I actually don't want to live with a romantic partner just personally. Um, And living with my romantic partner in New York for a week kind of like confirmed that theory of like, I don't want to have to clean up for anyone else but myself when I am like, cooking and things like that or like I don't have to worry about feeding you like if like as as a role that I have to play like I'm so independent I don't want to have to extend um my daily life to to have to accommodate anyone else and and why Renee is an exception to that is because she's so much a part of me and we're so in sync like we've been friends for over a decade like that kind of synchronicity just you can't recreate that with um, just anybody. And that, that stuff takes time. And Renee's really just, when I'm with her, I just feel so comfortable that it's like, it's almost like it's just an extension of myself. 
and I don't feel like there's someone else there that I have to entertain or take care of. But like, it's it, we're so joint. When I take care of her, I'm taking care of me, and it's so it it really helped us reaffirm that no, like I would still choose you. Like just because someone's a good lover, or a good romantic partner, doesn't mean that they're gonna be a better life partner for me than you. You know, mm. our values align. Like we shared history and upbringing and, and culture from a country that's so far from here. I'm not gonna meet. Like, what are the chances that I that things would line up with another person the way it has with Renee? So, it's kind of um, yeah. Just things just happen naturally. What about, um, so as you are thinking through your book, Mm -hmm. what do you know that you wish other people could know? Oh, wow. Um, About PLP? Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think, I think, you know, the, the way that PLP has now kind of become, and I hate to say this, a trend. Uh, I think people are losing sight of, you know, initially what our message was. And it wasn't that you should now go look for a best friend to go start your life with because that's better than romantic partners. But it's more so of like, what do you want? And and is it the same thing as what everyone is telling you that you should want? And if it's not, how do you move towards yourself? Instead of, you know, how do you listen to yourself and make those decisions? It's, we always say like me and Renee moving to each other was just us moving towards ourselves. And that's, it's, it's, that's the real message, like beyond, oh, find yourself a platonic life partner. Yeah. I want to let that sink in for a second, Mm because I'm thinking about moving towards each other. Mm -hmm. Helped us move closer to ourselves. And if I think of the layer of, you know, with my best friend, I feel more like myself, mm. you know, I, I, in my best self. What a great, what an incredible way to be. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> so you feel more like yourself with your best friend than your husband? Oh, no, I'm just saying uh, it, in that case. Got it. I, yeah. I probably mm-hmm, feel, mm-hmm. but you know, it's a different thing. Like with my husband, I can totally relax. I feel very, very safe, Mm -hmm. but you'll cut up with your best friend, you Mm -hmm, know, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I, even just the thought of you talking about walking all through Singapore and dreaming about life, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's a different vibe, you know, like I've done that kind of stuff with my husband as well. And we do have really wonderful time doing it but then there's also like practicality and all kinds of bullshit with having kids and whatever (laughs) but like with a with a best friend there's none of that yeah you know yeah there's none of that it's it's just dreams and like supporting it and and having the space to be able to daydream Mm -hmm. I think is really powerful yeah I wonder I wonder about your thoughts on is this a trend and one thing I've heard people ask you is how do I find a PLP? Yeah, which I don't have an answer for. Like, that's clearly, like, you know, I'm not trying to make everybody. Um, yeah, but how do you know? How mm. do you know? I, I would ask this. How do you know that somebody is worthy of consideration if mm. that is the lifestyle that you want? And secondly, you had mentioned that you are on the asexual spectrum. I mm-hmm. did not even know there was a spectrum, but now that it makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, is a demisexual. Mm-hmm. Is that common? Mm. You know, if you are on the asexual spectrum to consider a PLP. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know too much about the asexual community and if this would if this is like a a long-standing practice but Mm -hmm. it certainly would make sense you know Mm -hmm. because you might not want to be sexually or romantically involved they're also aromantic people um you might not feel those feelings for somebody but we still want companionship right you know Mm -hmm. you were talking about your fear of dying alone I think everybody Mm -hmm. feels that more or less everybody feels that um and we've just been brainwashed into thinking that if you don't find a romantic partner, you'll die alone. But that's not true. There's so many other kinds of love and companionship out there. And it's really just about opening up your eyes to um, to be open-minded about who, who like, your, your companion, your life companion could be. You know, I think we, I've heard a lot of stories about women who are married, um, husband and kids and all that, but but at the end of the day, they know that if their husband were to die, they have this best friend that, mm-hmm. you know, they would rather live with. They're not going to get married again. Um, that's actually a trend that I learned. Not a trend, sorry. It's actually a fact that I learned on TikTok um, that the, the, a big majority, actually, of people that are supportive of PLP and are entering into PLP are Gen Xers who've, like, just got out of failed marriages. And I think that huh. that is... Isn't that so interesting that they've done it, they've done what they were supposed to do and then realized this is not for me and I don't want mm. to do it again. And, and then you have the single mothers who decide to raise their children together or you have like stories like the Golden Girls where like once their husbands are gone, let's all retire together in a house somewhere. Like it's, it's such a, I think it's a, it's a real, um, you know, natural feeling and connection that Um, We have, and I think more so with women to women, this kind of familial bond that we create and we nurture each other, but we don't, you know, we kind of place that in the back burner because we're also focused on finding the romantic, the one. Yeah, because you had said that people assume or culture assumes that the romantic partner is the best kind of partner because that you know, is again, that outdated thing. But, you know, I keep thinking about the fluidity of Mm -hmm. your life kind of evolving Mm -hmm. in a way that makes sense for you. And it does not have to be these outdated pathways. Is that what you, roadmaps, outdated roadmaps that, um, that to me feels really freeing. Yeah. It's so liberating. It really is so liberating. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. April, how can people, oh, please go ahead. Oh, how can people find a PLP or like how, yes. how do you know? I, I really don't have an answer to that other than you just know. Like, you know how people describe talking about like, you just know if she's the one and you want to marry her yeah. and like all these things. It's, it's kind of the same thing. Like with me and Renee, we just knew. It just, just not in the way of romantic love. Like we knew that we were special. We knew that we were going to be in each other's lives for a long time. We just never committed to it. We never mm-hmm. made any kind of expectation or commitment because that's not what you do with best friends. That's what you do. You don't propose to your best friend. You don't ask them to move in with you. You don't ask them to move across the world to be with you. But, but you would do that with a romantic partner. That sounds more normal, right? I'm moving, you know, I'm moving to the U.S. to move in with my boyfriend. Totally acceptable, like socially totally. acceptable, right. right? That is the natural next step. Um, but yeah, Renee got a lot of questions, I think, when she dropped the bomb that she 
wanted to move to the U.S. to be with me, her best friend. They were, I think, people assume maybe that it's codependent or that, or we're secretly lovers, um, or you know, just so many things. But yeah, it really didn't make us question like why, why is this not socially acceptable when you know me and Renee have been together for a long, like a longer time than most romantic couples have been together. This doesn't seem like、mm. that far of a stretch of a commitment to make. Well, I love it, and I love the example that you're setting, and appreciate you coming on. How can people find you, April and Renee? Renee is private on everything, so you would have to go through me.、Um, <laughs> I am Psychoti on TikTok and April Lexi Lee <laughs> on Instagram. I saw you just followed me. I did. Yeah, did you just create an account?、Um, oh no, I've I've been a lurker account on、oh, TikTok. <laughs> I love TikTok,、shadows. and I'm gonna start. Yeah, I'm gonna start posting soon. Okay, exciting stuff. Like from the podcast. Um, no, actually, okay. I have never admitted this anywhere, okay,、uh, so I'll、it. tell you. So I have given notice to my corporate job, and <gasps> I'm going to be pursuing all of these creative things. And one of the things that I love more than anything、um, that I discovered、uh, during the pandemic is dance. Wow! And so I became a dance instructor after not really dancing、wow. before, and I had stumbled on this really famous. Very hard, very technical choreographers' workshop,、mm. and I was so taken by it that I thought, "What if I? My body is capable. I'm not a great dancer, and I, I've got like maybe five of the ten million moves, you know,、mm-hmm. uh, of of this, you know, one minute routine or whatever." And I thought, "What if I? What if I could learn? Like, if my body is、mm. capable and it makes me feel good, and what if I put it?" On TikTok and kind of documented the journey of just、wow. me as a, a, a woman in her forties with, you know, not a real, you know, technical dance background. Could I get as good? Yeah. And could I do it? And, and changing find career like halfway. Yeah. No, good for you. I'm so excited for you. Thanks. Congratulations. Yeah. So I've had a TikTok account, but I've never posted anything. But I love, like, I could spend hours on it. So、oh, I'm、yeah. excited to leave my job <laughs> and then sit around on TikTok. No, I, that's the dream, right? <laughs> Fun employment. Yes. Well, <laughs> exactly. Fun employment. Yeah. April, thank you so much for being my guest, and thank you for being you. I can't believe it's taken us so long to accept non-binary choices when it comes to living arrangements and life partnerships. So many people are so afraid to die alone, myself included. And having that companion, that witness to your life, sure could make this crazy ride we are on so much more fun together. I've linked all of April Lex Lee's info in the show notes. For me, you can dive a little deeper into changing the culture and my story at AllisonHair.com and DM me at Allison underscore underscore Hair, like the rabbit, on the socials. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>